Hey, Craig. Ooh, I don't have a song. So I, but I had. <laughs> Wait, you know, I was like, I thought you were making a song. No, I, I, I have put effort into it, but it's a lot hard. It's not that easy. I am not a musician. Oh come uh, on. Uh, I, I can play four chords on a guitar. I've been trying to, you know, mess with Garage Band. Um, I'm, I'm figuring it out, but you know, I, I'm not, I'm not like musically inclined so it's it's not the easiest thing in the world but i mean let's be real you've got nothing but time on your hands between potty training a toddler and getting your basement fixed and preparing for the snowpocalypse that is apparently on its way to us uh i mean come on like can't you can't you just write a stupid song oh yeah and and recording this podcast and writing <laughs> For Kook Center and oh, and... a full time job. I don't. What? I don't know, man. What? Plus, I have to spend time with my PlayStation Five. I can't. That's, just... Yeah. Yeah, I love how you slid that in there. Yeah. Uh, my PlayStation Five. I got one of those, you know. <laughs> well, I have a PlayStation Five, and this is podcast for everyone. <laughs> I'm I'm Craig Powers. I'm currently playing. Playing God of War, which is a PS4 game. Thanks Sherwood for that recommendation. On, on a PlayStation Five, in case yeah, we, so in lo- case we missed loads, that, it loads faster on the PlayStation Five. Ooh. Um, uh, you know, um, with me is Jeff Newser, who does not have a PlayStation Five or an Xbox X, whatever the nope. hell the Xbox One is nope. called. <laughs> nope, I do not have one of those yet. I will at some point, probably about the time they come out with NCAA 24 or whatever it's going to be by the time it comes out. Or college, yeah. I guess they're going to call it college football, uh, apparently. Yeah, because uh, the college NCAA football, is, they 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 don't want anything to do with it. But all the schools will gladly take that money, especially right about now, man. They're all like, "Hey, you got some? You want to pay us some money now? Yeah, to be in a video. Can you give us a down payment on mm-hmm. college football twenty four? <laughs> Maybe the players spread are like, those, can spread we those can we get our there. money for? It? Yeah, yeah." <laughs> I know. Yeah, but I'm I don't know. I'm excited about that. I'm super excited about that. I will be 60 years old and still be super excited about college football. A college football game on my on my video game console. So I can't I can't wait for our generation cuz we were pretty much you know, you're obviously a little bit older than me, but still like we were like the first kind of console generation people to where we're as adults still just it used to when we were growing up, like it was like kids that played the console absolutely, games. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, and then now it's it's a lot of the games are geared towards adults because because <laughs> we're adults and we're playing because we the have games, the money. So. We yeah, got we're we the got ones with the money. <laughs> like, ain't no kids out there driving five hundred dollars on a PS Five. Even Animal Crossing was primarily an adult. Like it was adults That's playing true. that game. It's supposed to be for kids, and the adults were just like, <laughs> "No, I'm playing that." Yeah. Like, oh, they're going to analyze this economy. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. manipulate it and everything. Yeah. But yeah. So, a, uh, so, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so we talked about how we need to be a little succinct in this podcast because <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. We're off to, a, we're off to a great damn start. We're Four off minutes, to a great start. And we haven't talked about anything except uh, something that wasn't on the script. So good job, Nooser. That's uh, oh, this yeah. is how my classes what? get off track. I'm like, hey, wait a minute, we got to read something in class today. The kid's like, no, no, just go ahead, keep keep talking about 
whatever that thing is, it's totally unrelated to what we're supposed to be learning today. Well, I'm like, I get... okay, sure, no problem. Yeah, let's just talk about that. That's 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 why Mr. Newser has a podcast, you know. <laughs> Everyone right. loves tangents on podcasts. It's what they're it's what they're made for. Yeah. Yeah. So tangentially from what we're talking about, maybe we should talk about uh WSU men's basketball. Yeah, that's tangentially related, right? To our lives. <laughs> uh so like all sports last week. Everything started out gravy. We had the greatest, uh, like three days of W or maybe two days of like WSU sports ever. Um, and part of that was, uh, uh, the men's basketball team getting their first win at Matt arena, Matthew Matt arena and the first win at Oregon since 2009, uh, which was a great, great feeling. Um, just, uh, it was good, and, and it truly, it, it felt like it kind of had to happen after after they started so well and after they kind of held the lead for most of the game. You were just like, please, please, please hang on to this thing. And after Duarte went out and all that stuff, of course, we had our own guys go out too. But, um, but yeah, wild game. Um, not a pretty game, Jeff. Yeah, not one of the most game. unwatchable games you could ever, ever, ever sit down and see. Uh, I'm just glad we won. <laughs> so I got the payoff of that, but, uh, that was, that was an abomination of officiating only to be exceeded by the abomination of officiating two days later, but we'll get to that in a sec. Um, just like totally crazy. The game was two and a half hours in regulation and there were no like extended stoppages or anything. Like it wasn't like, you know, somebody broke their leg and it took 10 minutes to get them off the court. Like it was, well, there was, I mean, there was someone Turned their ankle. I guess it took I mean, like five minutes. Yeah, I mean, Duarte turned his ankle, and but I mean, I think they went to commercial, and you know, I mean, it wasn't like I don't know, but certainly not enough to to get to you know have two have and a half hours, two and a half hour game. That was all because there were what fifty some fouls, right? 50, yes, fifty fouls, fifty two fouls, something like that, which is absolutely just bananas. Uh, it was yes, fifty two fouls. That's what it was. 28 fouls on Oregon, 24 fouls on us. Uh, remarkably, only three players ended up disqualified with all those with all those fouls. Yeah, they spread them out pretty well. Yeah, which uh, I think is is not uh, that that's not a good thing. I, I guess I don't know. I mean, it's <sighs> these officials are just like it's crazy, man. Like nobody watches these games to watch you call fouls, and you know, you and I have lamented this you know, over and over and over again about how, you know, especially our big men pick up such ticky tack fouls all over the place. And it's not just our big men. I mean, it's, it's just big men in general, right? Cause there's tons of contact They're you know, the last line of defense before the rim. I mean, they're just, they're more likely to make contact with other players, but it's like, I don't know, man, John Gassaway. So John, our, our esteemed former uh, basketball prospectus colleague and now ESPN plus insider guy, um, you know, has long been on the long been on the uh, the the train to uh, eliminating disqualifications, and I, you know, I'm 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 I think I'm kind of getting on board with that. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know, I it, I don't know if not eliminate them altogether, maybe make it six. Like, I don't know, man. It's just the quality of the game suffers because of foul trouble. And why is there foul trouble? Because somebody somewhere arbitrarily decided that five was going to be the limit. 
Well, why? Why why is five the limit? Like what like is there something magical about five? It's a round number. I think that's probably it. Right? And so mm-hmm. it's it's like it, it, so many games some of your best players end up leaving because they're in foul trouble because oh they get two fouls, right? I mean, Ken Palm even has a stat on his page to measure how often a coach uh basically lets it ride with two fouls, right? Like how how often does he play players with two fouls? And it's like, why is that, that? That just that shouldn't be a thing. I mean, I understand the the intent of the rule is to keep somebody from just flagrantly beating the crap out of people, but it's like, why? I, I don't know, man. I mean, you like, can we still don't... have a penalty beyond. Yeah. And what Gasway advocates, yeah, is like a penalty beyond uh, something different. So like, uh, you know, ten fouls is uh, you know, like if if you get over six fouls, then you have to. It's like free throws automatic or something. You know, something like like two shots in the ball type situation. Right. So right. that like, but then but you can still kind of you can still gamble with the player if you want or right. you know uh, maybe not something that harsh but it, ha- it has to be something appropriately harsh so that yeah. players don't do that because otherwise you, you could just you could just find the the shack on the other team and just yeah. hack the crap out of them yeah but yeah it's uh it, it was it was so crazy it was just so incongruent the game um with you know uh dj rodman uh got injured um you know, uh, another guy on uh, outside of Duarte on, on Oregon got injured. Uh, so it was just combine the injuries with the with the with the fouls, and so it was just nuts. And and you know Jackson fouls out pretty early because of that. Um, so uh, you know WSU's riding for a while without him. Uh, you saw Eugene Omayuri had uh, missed about the last minute. I think he had to sit. Um, because he fouled out when Oregon's trying to make a comeback, and so you got the best offensive yeah, player best for one player. of the teams <laughs> is out, yeah, but is out of the game. Um, so you know it's just a it's silly, and um, but let's let's talk about the positives. Um, yeah, we won the game, so I guess let's. Focus we won on the that. game uh, largely because of three point shooting, um, um, and, and a surprise like a two things: three point shooting and a surprising number of turnovers from Oregon. Like, super surprising. Uh, Oregon just doesn't turn the ball over much, and they turned it over 16 times, 23% of the time, which is about 9% higher than they were running uh, before. So you're talking probably a couple uh, a couple three, three or four more turnovers um, than they usually do. And they it was really all in the first half and kind of let WSU build a little bit of a, a lead um, early on because Oregon was just turning it over and WSU was hitting a bunch of threes. Yeah. It's, it, you know, that, that definitely is not the script that you would have written beforehand to have it be believable. So it, but it was great. I mean, just to be, uh, bombing in threes all over the place and from jazz and <laughs> yeah. uh, from DJ Rodman who had uh-huh. a great weekend shooting uh-huh. the ball and, yeah. uh, you know, and then, uh, just to start off like that, just to, uh, in one, you know, Bonton had two where he had got it reviewed and foot on the line. Otherwise, he would have had I know. even more. Um, I know. But yeah, he started out with that with DJ hit three in the first couple minutes, really, and then uh, Bonton had a long two, and then I put it in. The, so they they were just it's it's fun to you know obviously it's so much more fun when play, shots are going down. Uh, but then in, in throughout the game, really, it was is Bonton that was had a excellent game you know yeah. best player on the floor type game 
Yep. Um, and it's, it's nice to see when the shots are falling for him. Um, and, and he's just making good plays, uh, and uh, playing really good defense too. I got to give him credit on that too. Um, just to see how, how well things are going. Um, it was nice seeing continuous stretch that he's had and, and, and really like, that's why they won Bonton's play. And, and of course he had a, the assist on one of the dunks of the year as well. So that was pretty fun. I, uh, I, I woke up my child, my children, multiple children were like, dad, are you okay? And I thought I was actually being really quiet because I, I was watching the end of the game in bed. It's kind of laying down and, uh, uh, you know, it, it happened and I kind of like threw my covers off and well, Sarah hadn't come upstairs yet. So I was like, I, I was kind of in there by myself. I, I, I snuggled under the covers nice and warm and then like flung the covers off and tried to be quiet and ended up kind of stomping around the room louder than I thought I was. <laughs> Cause the kids are like, <laughs> kids come in, dad, are you okay? Dad, you woke us up. Are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm very okay. That was awesome. And they're like, why are you stomping around? And I'm like, you don't understand. This was amazing. You know, anyway, so I said, do you want to see us? And I'll, I'll look it up on Twitter. You can see the dunk, you know, but uh, yeah, we've been waiting all year for that, man. Like we're like, what, you know, I, I think, I don't think there are very many of us that, that kind of didn't think that was in there. Right. So yeah. like, you know, why don't they ever run the play where you just throw it up there and let, you know, F.A. go get it, um, you know, and they, and they and they finally did. And he just I mean, he didn't even really it's not like it was a pinpoint pass. He just kind of put it in the vicinity and, and F.A. F.A. killed a man. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that's uh, that's what you get for trying to block the shot. Yeah. Don't um, ever try a poster now. That's the um, lesson. Don't ever try. I'm forgetting forgetting who it was. Uh, was it Figueroa that was trying to block the shot? I um, I can't remember. Oh no, it's Chandler Lawson. I want to say, yeah. So uh, he just his his arm stretched out, trying to do its best. Not not happening. Nope. Um, one of a few posters Noah had or uh, FA had this weekend. Um, it was funny. He only had four points, but he definitely had the most memorable bucket. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, third um, third from the bottom on the team in scoring, but you know, had, yeah, t- had, had the big had the big dunk. So. So thanks to all the thanks to all the um, fouls. Like the last uh, ten minutes of the game was pretty ugly. Yeah. I think WSU hit two shots, like two Isaac Bonton sh- like crazy shots, and then it was a lot of free throws and a lot of hanging on and hoping for daily life. One thing that was surprising and kind of disappointing in that game was the interior defense. Yeah. Um, that given Oregon's si- lack of size and the uh, rebounding and the rebounding, <laughs> the so defensive things. Rebounding. Those are two things that you would hope, like like we said, the the script that was written or the script that if you would have written the script of how they won, you would not have believed it. Like that, like oh, you're taking like the least likely things. WSU hits a bunch of threes and and Oregon turns the ball over a bunch. Like no, 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 that's not gonna happen. And WSU shoots more free throws, which I mean, definitely you thought could have happened that one, but um, but yeah, it's just uh, it it's they give up 19 to 38 on twos. Um, Gave up forty eight percent on the on the defensive glass, so giving up almost every other miss, giving up an offensive rebound, yeah. which is what they had just done to UW. Um, so that was pretty disappointing, um, especially given. I mean, or- Oregon's Oregon was not a great offensive rebounding team. Nope, coming in. 
Nope. Um, they were a good defensive rebounding team, but not offensive rebounding. So uh, it was weird that if Figueroa and Omer Yuri really the two guys that did most of the work. Um, so they were able to um, two six six guys were really to get around our, our our tall trees and get a bunch of rebounds. So that was that was worrisome. But you know, it's nice to get a win uh, when all that crap isn't when your best things aren't working. Uh, it kind of felt like this team was so bad offensively at times that like you had to have those things work like rebounding and interior defense to even have a shot against a team like Oregon. But, you know, sometimes things just work out strangely and and that happened. They did a really good job in the second half of getting into the interior. I remember in the first half, I was sort of like, you know, at some point they've got, they've got to get into the paint. They've, they've got to get to the rim, like something, um, you know, that first half, yeah, they were hitting threes all over the place, but it, it really, it felt a lot to me like those, those old Ernie Kent fool's gold type games, right? Where it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to shoot, you know, 33s in the game and we're going to go, you know, nine of 15 in the first half. And it's like, oh, well, you know, we're hitting all these threes. Let's just keep going, you know? And then at some point you're not hitting all those threes anymore and it starts to cool down. And, and I think what I loved was that, um, you know, whatever adjustment they made definitely allowed them to attack more in the paint, uh, led to a lot of the fouls. Um, you know, Oregon really had to change the way they were playing, you know, largely because of the way that the officials were calling the game, you know, because, uh, <laughs> they had so many guys in foul trouble, um, they really had to maybe not be nearly as aggressive on defense. And the Cougars did, I thought, a great job of, of taking advantage of that and, uh, you know, getting into the paint and getting into spots where they could where they could score near the basket, um, where in the first half they, they really couldn't penetrate Oregon's defense at all, which wasn't a huge shock. Um, you know, really good defense. Uh, they, they've got a whole bunch of dudes who play basically like amoeba style. I mean, they, they got a whole bunch of similarly sized guys who can switch like crazy and just deny, deny, deny. Um, and so, you know, to adjust in the second half, to be able to attack that in a little bit better way and put Oregon on their heels a bit, um, was really cool to see. So yeah, super, super fun game because of the outcome, not real gorgeous to watch, but um, so many encouraging things. And all I could think of at the end of the game was, uh, please don't ruin these good vibes by losing to Oregon state on Saturday. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you wanted to take, take an ugly game. Um, not as many fouls, but that's because they were only calling fouls. They were on only one called team. on one team. <laughs> yeah, and it says, it, and you can't even say it was like it was like WSU fouling to try to catch up at the end because Oregon State was fouling a bunch at the end because they had a bunch of fouls to give and they had Warith Alatiche making the, some of the two of the dumbest fouls I've ever seen. Um, like at the end of the game, giving WSU a chance, like yeah, God, that was so dumb. But but anyway, so that Oregon State called for fifteen fouls in this game, which fine, I would love if teams were only called for fifteen fouls every game, you know. Yeah, WSU called for twenty six. Yeah, and this is where foul trouble killed them. FA only played twenty five minutes. Deshaun only played seventeen. He wasn't he wasn't in foul trouble. Of course, he got hurt. But but you lose you know that front line. 
by the end of the game, like, you know, by the, I mean, F.A. didn't foul out until the end, but he had to miss large, you know, time, like large amounts of time. Brandon, Chat, Brandon, Brant Chatfield played three minutes in this game. Uh, I don't think they were expecting to use him in Pac-12 play at all. Um, it, so, so they were having to go really, I think they eventually decided to go really small and, and that negates kind of a, a your advantage when you, you have these two players, F.A. and Deshaun, who have been playing so well and and playing so well. And Oregon State's really a team that they could excel against, and they're missing time for injury and for foul trouble. Uh, that was rough. Plus, you had uh, Noah in foul trouble. Um, and then, uh, I mean, unfortunately, the, there wasn't everyone was in foul trouble. It was still like just Oregon State was uh, shooting a bunch of free throws, especially in the second half. And, and um and some of them were just it, it were just ridiculous. Like it, it was a, like one of the fouls they called for a, a, a seal out on FA, which is totally like fine. Like he was he basically he was uh, um, sealing out a guy, you know, it, from the from the paint. So either Bonton had the chance for an open three or a. Or, or drive and players do that every time like every every play down yep and just uh some of the offensive fouls uh were just silly and it, it was so frustrating to watch down the stretch and just just the the refs kind of take over the game and 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 kill WSU's chances it was a frustrating game to watch for sure and then of course after all all Bonton all, all, all the good he has been doing for most of uh, Pac-12 play, you know, kind of he, he threw out a clunker again, and that was a bummer. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of now. Now, full disclosure, I didn't watch the, much of the game because I was out and about all day Saturday uh, doing family type stuff. So I listened to a lot of it on the radio. Uh, Matt Chazanow, unlike his predecessor, uh, is, does not talk much about fouls or bad calls or anything like that, uh, to his credit, I think. So, so that's great. But, uh, you know, I, I was following also on Slack and I also kind of saw the, uh, saw the box score, the game, the stats as it was running. And it, it, it was just like, oh, wow, you know, this is, this foul situation is terrible. And, you know, it reminds me of, to some degree, these, both of these games together, Reminds me of, you know, back in the day, they used to talk about how Pac-10 teams couldn't be successful in the NCAA tournament because as soon as they got there, everybody else in the country is refing a different game than what the Pac-10 was was refing. And the Pac-10 was seen as a, a fairly soft league where, you know, more fouls were called mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just like guys weren't as tough. And so you put them in a game where all of a sudden now maybe not all those fouls are getting called and they're letting more contact go. You can you can bully a Pac-10 team right now, whether that was true or not. I don't know. I don't have any data to support whether, you know, more fouls are being called or less fouls or whatever. But but I do know when I watch a game like this, these like these two games, that's that's what it reminds me of is this idea like. Holy crap. Why? Why so many calls and why? Like it just it's frustrating. And they're in love with making offensive foul calls. You know, it's like any chance they get, they want to call an offensive foul. 
and they anticipate and they just, it's like, I talk about like PAC 12 football referees. And I say that the biggest problem with their officiating is that they look for reasons to make a call rather than looking for reasons to not make a call. And it's like basketball right now is the exact same way. It's like, you can look at a thing and say, okay, like, did he smack his arm on a shot? Okay, fine. Was there a little bit of contact? Was the screen moving a little bit? Was there like, I mean, you know, I mean, and they make, they'll do makeup calls with fouls. Like Deshaun Jackson got one of those against UW. I know you remember that. Like he got called for a moving screen. That's like a thousand other screens that everybody sets, except there was a questionable call the previous possession for Washington. And so they smacked Deshaun Jackson with, I think at the time was his third foul, but it was like, okay, well, that that's going to be a problem at some point because he he just can't give away fouls right. Fa well, and, and, and Fa it's doesn't very, block any more shots because he's so afraid of yeah, like yeah, making contact with anybody. He doesn't even try anymore. Yeah, he had one really nice one against Oregon State. It was his first one he had. I think they said in like four or five games. Yeah, he barely tries because um, he's so afraid of making any contact. Yeah, and and that's you know that's part of you know, the, the interior defense, I will say like just looking straight at the two point percentage against Oregon state is kind of misleading when you're looking at interior defense, Oregon state was hitting a ton of mid range shots. Jared Lucas, who was shooting 28% on two point jumpers hit three of four and they were all difficult ones in this game. Very frustrating. Um, Alatiche was hitting mid range shots. Like they were hitting a bunch of mid range uh, shots. I think Thompson is really the only guy that was kind of getting inside at the end. Um, they had him bogged down. I think until Noah took a knock on his ankle, um, I think that hurt his defense uh, and probably just being tired. And then Ethan Thompson was started. They worked him in down low, obviously on purpose, and he was able to you know put up twelve points in a hurry there at the end. Free throws helped too. Well, and um, they also his- they also only took seventeen two pointers in the second half. Yeah, 17 two-pointers, six three-pointers, and 21 free-throw attempts. 21 free-throws. 21 free-throw attempts. By the way, Kyle Smith, I don't know if you caught this, Kyle Smith after the game kind of went on a little bit of a rant about the officiating without very well done without going on a rant about the officiating. (laughs) Like that that's a man who doesn't want to fine or or a or a uh or, or censure from the, from the PAC 12. But, um, you know, he mentioned the, he said, you know, the analytics point to, I can't remember exactly the quote, but basically said, you know, he said, go ahead. Um, he said that, I I believe it was, he said Oregon state is like 303rd in the country and like not getting fouls called, which means that's bad, you know, like that means to get more. They, they, yep. they like basically foul more than most teams in right. the country, like so almost every team in the country. The quote was basically said, you know, hey, the analytics say that Oregon State fouls a lot. And so, wow, they must have just had a really good game of not fouling, which was which was sort of hilarious. And then he talked about the officials. He's like, well, those guys are final four officials. So obviously it wasn't them. So I guess I guess we need to look at ourselves and figure out how to do this differently. Of course, it was 100 percent tongue in cheek. But Oregon State. Uh, as of now, I don't know what it was going to the game, but as of now, 284th in putting their opponent on the line in an, in an average game, an average, average game, they put their opponent on the line 37%. So, uh, the ratio of free throw attempts to field goal attempts is 37%. Okay. 37 to hundred to say like 37 free throws for every hundred field goal. attempts. That's a good way to put it. Okay. So in that game, it was 18. 
It was half that. Half of their average, right? And WC was actually making free throws. Ugh. Yeah, like half of their <laughs> average. And then and then you flip it over. Okay, so by the way, 18, uh, pretty much by far the lowest they, uh, they allowed in the whole season. Uh, the next closest was actually the week before against USC. It was 21.5. Okay, and then the next lowest above that is 24. So really, really rare for them. And the rest of their games are all over 28. So they have four, they've had four games under 28 and everything else over 28. And we're at 18, right? Well, then you flip it around and you look at them. Their free throw rate was 72. 72. Now, they are one of the better teams uh, in the Pac-12 at getting to the free throw line on offense. But still, an average game is 36 free but, throw but, attempts but, but, per 100 still, field goal attempts. Like, if you look at league play only... Like, even with this WSU game where they shot a ton of free throws and and, and uh, WSU shot hardly any, they're still – they're 11th in free throw rate allowed, 39 yeah. per 100 in yeah. Pac-12 play against like opponents because yeah. they had a pretty – you know, they, they're pretty weak non-con like, like WSU, um, really only a couple games. Uh, um, but, uh, but then they're only sixth uh, just about – average like would be the national average but with uh 32 free throws per 100 so they they were just like in if you take that wcu game out like they they would be a huge disparity in the free throws they shoot and the free throws they allow like a negative disparity in across the board and and it happened in the colorado game they just played on monday (laughs) they shot 16 free throws fifth uh 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 and then, so 16 out of, out of 30, let's see, so six, 16 against 55 shots. Um, Jeff, you want to do the math on that? And then 16 of 55. And then, uh, and then that's against, uh, uh, Colorado shot 21 of 52. So Colorado just slightly higher, which is normal for Oregon state. The other team shoots a little bit more free throws than they do, but it totally flipped the other way yeah. for WSU. And and WSU is not typically a team that gives up a ton of free throws. Nope. Like it's it's not something they do. Uh they they in, during conference play, I mean now it's it's up higher. They definitely um shoot fewer than they give up. Uh but overall in the season, they they shoot a lot more than they uh allow. So it's it's just it's yeah. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Like it, it just, it was like Kyle, Kyle said, like, so I guess they were just playing differently that game. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's (laughs) to have that big of a disparity is just, it's unfortunate. It's disheartening. It'll, it'll drive a coach nuts. Um, it it was obvious that it, uh, that it, that it had driven Kyle Smith crazy. Well, Um, and, and you know, you saw it, uh, uh, John, friend of the pod, John Andershek, yeah. uh, uh tweet just you know the 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 swearing emoji, three th- three swearing emojis. Um, nothing over, else, just that. Nothing else, yeah. Like, and, and they're not saying that because they're frustrated they lost, like because they're always going to be mad about a loss. But when they're when he's putting something like that, you know he's he's mad for a reason. Yeah. Like it's it, it's just uh, is it's just such a he bummer. even pointed. He even pointed out a there was a clock error on the final uh, intentional miss where WSU actually had a you know uh, 
somehow some way had a chance to tie or win the game at the, at the end of the game there uh where the clock was started about uh four tenths too early um which really in the end could have made uh the final uh shot a three-pointer from dj rodman count um if if he would have made it that would have been one hell of a a thing um yeah. and yeah. and for people who don't know by the way the refs are the ones who start the clock that is not home cooking that is uh so the refs you, you some people may have noticed they have they wear a little black box uh on their hip and that's what that is there's a button on there to ensure that the clock starts when it's supposed to start um so, and so, so they started it when the ball hit the rim apparently and it's supposed to start when it hits uh yep. the player's hand so one of the so. officials one of the officials did that it yeah. wasn't somebody at Oregon State. It wasn't some Homer clock operator. It was, uh, it was one of the officials who started the clock early. So, yeah, Which, lucky for them. Uh, it didn't DJ go Rodman right. missed. <laughs> yeah, it was one hell of a play though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Noah ripped the ball out of the OSU player's hand and ended up with Vova. Vova spotted DJ, um, and he, you know, there his internal clock was right. You know, yeah, uh, there should have been enough time, but. Yeah. It's just um, such a yeah. bummer. The whole thing was a bummer, man. It's like you come it's off a that against Oregon. FA had a great – in what was like garbage time essentially, but had a great poster of Alatiche, uh to you know to put him within three at the end there um, uh, right before he fouled out because he had to take a – you know, take a, um, a foul to extend the game. But – yeah, it's a bummer. Just after you come after that huge win, you're playing a team that you've already beaten at home. You're yep. just hoping you can get that win. And like I wrote in both the previews of Oregon State this year, the teams are so close that it just takes one or two factors to yeah. go one way that to to flip the game. And and this took, you know, WSU won most other factors. It took the flipping of uh the flipping of free throws in such a direction uh to Oregon State and the fouls and foul trouble and all that so cuz Oregon State didn't have anyone in foul trouble for a two point, point for a two point win it also took WSU losing their starting five for you start their starting uh their starting big man for you know half the game yeah, took, who has been their best post presence it was, like, yep, been the, and against a team who could very much be exploited in that regard. Yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, you also had Noah missed, you know, a, a pretty crucial stretch um, when he rolled his ankle. And, and like I said, I think that impacted his defense a little bit at the end. Um, he didn't seem to be – maybe he was just getting tired, but maybe he just wasn't sticking with Ethan Thompson the way he was because he was totally shutting him down yeah. for the for the rest of the game, like completely shutting him down. I guess Ethan Thompson was in a little bit of foul trouble, but honestly a lot of his fouls were pretty obvious. Uh, but, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it's it was just a bonkers like, – yep. like it was so it's so frustrating. I, uh, it's frustrating to talk about yeah. again. But. You just wish they would have won because you know again you're coming off the win against Oregon. You're feeling great. I mean, also a win over Washington. You know, so much was made of Kyle Smith's record against Northwest schools, and then you know you watch that game. And again, I didn't watch it, but the the vibe that I've gotten from talking with you and everybody else who watch it, and just looking at the stats is that look, I, I think it's it's pretty clear at this point that WSU is a better team than Oregon State. Like, yeah, we beat them once. It took a an absolutely absurd 
uh, intervention from the officials to win this one as well. Uh, you look at the peripherals, the other, you know, we got the four factors, right? Shooting turnovers, offensive rebounding, free throws. You look at the other three, the shooting was nothing special. Uh, just 52% effective field goal percentage, which, which weights, you know, three pointers, um, you know, extra so that we just more than we want to give, but right, it's, it's more like, than you want to uh, give, not but it's not something you can't overcome. It's not crazy good. Um, it's like maybe like a little above average. And then, but their turnovers, they turned it over a ton. They didn't get hardly any offensive rebounds, but they went to the free throw line a million times and had a free throw rate that, by the way, if you were wondering, so we said they're, they're pretty good at free throw rate normally, right? They get to the line more than anybody else. Uh, so 72 was their free throw rate in that game. Uh, next closest this year was 59. So like this was both of the, both of the results, both their free throws and our lack of free throws were extreme outliers, both of them. And that's the, that was the difference in a two point game. And it's like, you know, you just that again, that's the stuff that drives coaches nuts. Cause you're like, you know, you play well enough to win. And then this thing that's really, truly kind of out of your control, um, you know, you can't follow through on. So, I mean, you know, there's obviously no time for them to mope. They've got, you know, basically they've got five games in like eight days, nine days, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, because of a scheduling quirk with moving the the second game against Washington up to make room for something else. And so they're, they, they got, you know, this is a, this is a really big stretch here. Next five games at home. Uh, you know, and that's, that's what sucks about this. You just kind of go, Oh, they had a chance to win, you know, their third game in a row on the road. Like that's like, yeah. Come in, huge. come into the stretch five and six yeah. with a chance to maybe come out of the stretch on the positive yeah, like, or, or at least even, or at least you know, 500, like, yeah. And, so. and, but now it's just like such an uphill battle and, yep. and it's, it's frustrating too, because, uh, I guess it'd be five. They would have been five and seven, not five and six. But, um, but still, like it, it's frustrating to you. Look at Oregon State's now six and five in it, like two two and a half games clear of them in the standings. You're like, really? Come on! Like Oregon yeah. State's. We we were talking about it. if WSU would have played their the Pac-12 schedule that they've had might be a little different. Um, yep. And primarily because and it'll probably be different by the end of the year. Yeah, because you know. WSU will get Cal at home like Oregon yep. State has have. Yep. WSU might get Arizona State at home. They left that last weekend open to reschedule games. I, I you know, who knows? So Oregon um, State, by the way, Oregon State plays five of their final eight away, and their t- and their three home games are Utah, Colorado, and Oregon. So yeah, uh, they're tough. Th- those might. I mean, they, it would not be crazy if they ended the season. So they they just got they just got whooped by Colorado after playing us. They played uh, last night, Monday night, uh, got destroyed by Colorado in Boulder, and then so now they they go to Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado. I mean, they play Cal, but Cal's away, you know. So I mean, you know, there's a decent chance they go something like two and six over yeah. their final eight. Like that, that wouldn't be, that would not be crazy. So, oh yeah. It, I, I thought it was pretty funny that they were talking on the broadcast. Obviously you didn't hear this. They're like Oregon state's trying to get in that top four. And I'm like, this team is not getting in the top four. <laughs> like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Are you USC, watching UCLA, the Colorado, Oregon? That's your top four. That's easy. Yeah. Like that's like, they're, they're trying to get in the top four. So they get the buy. I'm like, okay, like that's not going to happen. <laughs> They'd also have to hop Arizona and Stanford to get to the top four. Yeah. 
So uh, it, whatever. That's not going to happen. I mean, any any hopes of that probably got squashed by this getting obliterated by Colorado. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's it's um, it's a it's a uh, incredibly frustrating result. Yeah. Um, but let's let's look ahead. So yeah, three three games in in uh, four days, five yeah. days that they have coming quick, up. Quick, quick previews. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so we've already played all three of these teams, of course, um, and uh, with uh, one really fun win and two frustrating losses. Uh, uh, let me let me pull pull it up again. So we got UCLA on Thursday. Um, so UCLA is missing their bigs in the last game, and I don't know what the extent of those injuries were. They were without Riley, I know. Um, and that would be huge for WSU. If, uh, yeah. Uh, he was out. Um, so he had a, he has a sprained ankle. Um, Jalen Hill was also had, he's their other big, he's their backup big. Both, uh, both didn't play against USC. Definitely hurt them against USC. They got whooped. Um, USC obviously is one of the biggest teams in the country. Um, but you know, honestly, if, if, if they're missing one or two of those guys because uh, they rotate pretty much, they, they don't play on the same, they don't play at the same time much. So if one of them can play, they're going, they, they're going with a six, six guy probably yeah. um, in, in that position. Like, so they're going like six, six across the board, uh, you know, uh, you know, from like four, two to sit two to five or six, six guys. Um, obviously in the first game uh, they shot nuclear, uh, and that buried WSU earlier. They literally just would not miss. And that was incredibly frustrating. Uh, just, I, I know you were super high on them after that. I don't know how you're feeling yeah. about them now. <laughs> Results are uh, a little different now. Yeah. They kind of, okay. So, I mean, they, at the time they were coming off uh, an incredible offensive performance also against Arizona in the game before, um, they'd had some pretty big offensive performances against Ohio state, against Utah, against city. Like it just kind of looked like, okay, this might legitimately be just a really good, really, really good offensive team. Um, they followed up, you know, us, which was, you know, their highest offensive efficiency of the season with another good showing against Washington. And, th- and since then it's been bad. Like, I mean, but you could even say just overall that only beating Washington by five at home was true. a bad sign. Yeah, true. Then, but I think that had more to do with their defense, which has been yeah. sort of up and down all season. Yeah. So no huge shock there. What, what's been surprising me since is that the, their offense has sort of because, I mean, they against us, they looked like it wasn't just the uh, it wasn't just the ridiculous shooting, which was annoying and unfortunate. And, you know, kind of like we said, it's like you can be both. uh you can you can both play bad defense and get a bit unlucky, right? And and kind of yeah. all of that happened in that game. Um, but you know, you sort of felt like okay, this is a team that's got weapons everywhere. They've got an interior scoring presence with Riley. Like you just feel like okay, like maybe they're not going to shoot like this all the time. But this is a really good ass team, right? Well, then again, Washington, you know, they kind of take a tick down. But the last four. Man, they were under a point per possession against Cal. Against Cal, yeah. right? Uh, they were barely over a point per possession against Stanford, which is not terrible in, in the sense that Stanford's a really good defensive team. Yeah, like a but, top 10 quality but, team. But still, but still, you know, that's uh, given what they were doing, 
and the people they were just shredding. I mean, yeah, you know, okay. And then again, under a point per possession against Oregon yeah, State. Yeah, WSU is just one point per possession against Oregon State. Yeah, like, and WSU has no good offense. Exactly, have a good offense. You know? Exactly. So to be uh, under a point per possession against Oregon State, and then be just more or less completely manhandled by USC. Um, and again, USC really good defense too. So you know, there's that. But and then they yeah they man. were playing two, two kind of. They played two six nine uh, fives that ha- uh, Kenneth Nwuba and Mac Etienne, uh, who have not played much all year. Yeah, and so they were running with them, uh, w- taking out Cody Riley, who's a very good offensive uh, big man, and then Jordan Hill is just you know very athletic and yep. can finish around the basket. Suddenly, you got these two guys who did not perform all that well. I mean, it's, Etienne was. Uh, good at finishing but he turned the ball over a bunch um uh, i can just tell you right now looking at this profile this is a very athletic player i i don't even have to see him like <laughs> he had he played uh he played 27 minutes he was four or five on twos uh had five four defensive rebounds four turnovers and two blocks and a steal i bet this dude can jump i bet he's quick yep. he's six nine two twenty that's a good guess um Yep. So I bet that'll be an interesting matchup with uh, with FA. Um, but yeah. So uh, yeah. So we talked about them. They got all those those wings. They, they're like wing heavy, um, and the, just the sheer number of shooters that they have. Someone can get hot. Hopefully, we get a little bit of uh, you know regression to the mean continuing for yeah uh, in Pullman, um, and then because and and then really just. And we'll say it three times in all three of these games. Just need Isaac to get back to what he's been doing, yep. and 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 because WC is never going to win a game against a Pac-12 team when he goes one of ten from yep. twos and, no. and you know whatever. So no. it's uh, I, uh, I I think I think Kempom has him thirty one percent chance. I, I feels about right. Um, I, I I think it's I think it's better than that even. You think so? And, and here's why. So number one, they've lost uh, their last two games on the road. Uh, their offense seems to have a tougher time on the road. Uh, so in their last, let's say one, two, three, four, five road games. Okay, so they've played five road games since the new year. Uh, their points per possession were one point oh one, one point two four. Uh, 0.96, 1.04, and 0.77. So one really good game against Arizona, and then everything else has been mediocre to bad on the road. You know, so you got to kind of think maybe there's a little something there. Uh, The defense also tends to be a little bit worse on the road, it looks like. Um, so I, I think I, I really like our chances second time around. I mean, we all know Kyle Smith's a really good coach. Uh, you know, I, I like, I like our chances to make adjustments and, and look, we were shorthanded. We were banged up. We, you know, yeah. we were not, we were not anything like full strength in that game. Well, and we might be getting it the other way at this time, just yeah. as a, you know, some, some karmic yep. uh, payback here. And it's kind of uh, like that all year, right? Like every team, yep. every team's got their shit. Every team's got guys they're going to miss every team, you know, whatever. Right. I mean, Ryan wrapped in playing that first game. Uh, that was when DJ Rodman was out to like, it, okay. I so, think it's, it's very clear that DJ Rodman is an important player yeah. on this team. Like and by we the kind way, of forgot about him. He we was talked about so that. Long. Last week, we were like, maybe you move him into the starting lineup. That's what they did. And 
turned out pretty awesome. He hit threes, man. That's all. That's what. And he played D. Like he yeah. hit threes. He played D. Yeah. Um, he of course missed almost the entire second half against Oregon State with a broken Oregon with a broken nose, but then came back and hit a bunch more threes. So that I mean that's that's why Yaki got pulled. He wasn't hitting those shots. Yep. And so if you can get DJ, and we had said like they have pretty much the same offensive game at this point. So if you yep. get DJ to 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 hit those threes, I mean play that guy. I think their defense is probably a wash. Um, but yeah, so hopefully you know. Let's 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 like get get DJ still cooking from three. Yaki maybe can get back in the groove. Yep. He hit one this weekend. So. Yep, hit one against <laughs> Oregon. Yeah, uh, it's it, it barely nudged in there, but it yeah. was it was yeah. And even uh, though but, he missed all three against Oregon State, but you know, again, I didn't watch the game, so you can tell me. But just looking at his stat line, like, it, you know, he had a rebound, had a couple of assists, only one turnover, like. Yeah. That's. Um, I mean, you want him to hit yeah. a three or two because that's sort of his game. But at the same time, it doesn't seem like maybe he was he was killing him like he has. Yeah, I think he. I think he's. I feel like coming off the bench maybe gives him a little bit different perspective on things yeah. about what he can do, and maybe he has a little more energy. He plays because he doesn't feel like he has to play thirty five minutes and all that stuff. So uh, it might work for him. We see it in soccer all the time, yep. obviously. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's a. But yeah, so. Uh, honestly, if Cody Riley doesn't play, I feel very good yep. um, about this. Same with Jalen Hill. Um, if those two guys are going to miss again, or one of them even, that's huge for WSU. I'd really like them to, to see them take advantage of that size uh, discrepancy, even when those guys are playing. Like WSU has a huge size advantage in this in this yeah. matchup. So, um, but still, gotta, Ken Palm gotta, says gotta, one and three. That's yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, and Tiger Campbell is not going to hit a bunch of freaking every shot he shoots again like <laughs> he's not gonna hit all 10 like 10 footers yeah yeah a guy with a 46 percent effective field goal percentage on the air just yeah. suddenly makes every goddamn yeah. shot in the world yeah um yeah so i yeah i i this is definitely like, i know if you're just casual fan you're like they lost by 30 points last time there's no fucking way but yeah. i honestly think this is gonna be probably a close game close so. game I'd be really um, surprised if it wasn't. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if both teams are under one. That would that, be good for WSU, honestly, if both teams were under one point per possession. Um, that would be better for WSU than it would be yep. for UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to USC. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I, know. I mean, uh, we last you know last time out we were like we if you would have if you just told me the scores of both the games I would have thought that UCLA was the one they lost by eight and USC was the one they lost by thirty yeah because um, USC is just anything WSU does well USC does better um, right Evan Mobley is insane like I he has such an uh, NBA skill set offensively already um, just his the his post move his moves in the paint yep um he's very smooth very athletic um just a very savvy shot blocker yeah. he's gonna uh, be but, the number one pick right yeah probably I think that's and, the idea and then uh he's he's getting better and better too like yep. it, uh wsu did get him in a bit of foul trouble the first time around it'd be great if they did that again so um yeah. <laughs> that would be really great uh, so yeah, WC surprisingly was very good inside against USC last time. Um, so it'd be cool if I, honestly, we don't know. Uh, one, one factor that we haven't really talked about is we don't know if Deshaun Jackson is going to be playing. 
It sounds um, like he is. Kyle Smith basically made it sound like it was going to be fine. Uh, okay, good. At his press conference. So, uh, you know, who knows if that's gamesmanship or what, but, but he tends to be, I mean, he has tended to be pretty straight, pretty straight shooting on that stuff. So I, I think, I think it sounds like the expectation is that Jackson's going to play. Which yeah, I, I think to to beat USC, you're gonna have to rain down from threes and uh, yep. hope and pray they miss more than they should of just random shots and really gonna have to. I we I I I'd be tough to beat him without Deshaun. Um, but yeah, hopefully he can play. They just have so many players that can score. Yeah. Um, on top of the the two, on top of Evan Mobley who honestly doesn't even have to shoot that much to affect the game in the way he does. Yep. Um, just offensive re- him and his brother, both offensive rebound. He absolutely murder people. Um, and then they bring Chavez Goodwin off the bench, who just is a relentless offensive rebounder. So you just have three of those guys that you're going to have to box out, you know, and then, uh, and then there's the shooters on the outside. You got Peterson, um, and eight however you say his name. Um, I, I can, you know, I've watched him play a million times. I still can never remember. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they're a very good team. Um, but one thing we've talked about is they're pretty goddamn inconsistent, uh, which is kind of typical of Andy Enfield. Um, I they, still they I have no idea how they lost Oregon state, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know how we hung with them. Like we did honestly it, right before that. I, so the, I mean, and we, they honestly, we sort of they, came back in the second half, right? I mean, that's, yeah, you know, it, but was, it also, wasn't really close in the first half. And then we yeah, kind of clawed back a little bit in the second half. But, you know, I mean, I don't know that we ever like. And they weren't really that good against Cal. They know. weren't that good against Cal either. So uh, so on the road, maybe they, they're they a little, uh, you know, a little less good um, as most teams are. But I hopefully you know you, you just got to kind of maybe we'll catch him on that off day like oregon state caught him <laughs> yeah uh, uh see what happens yeah by um, the way we then, went on we went on an 11-0 run in the second half to close to within 73 69 with about four and a half minutes to go and I remember uh, noah hit a bank yep. three we had one of our bank threes yep. go our way. and we we raised our win percentage from one percent to six percent trailing by four <laughs> points with four and a half minutes to go so the more you know <laughs> the more you know um all right yeah. so i don't last like our game chances the, in that game but you know whatever last know. game that's probably yeah I, I don't like our chances either but hey i i didn't think we were gonna beat oregon either so there you go i, I like again i didn't think we we're gonna beat oregon and i thought we were gonna beat oregon state so what what the fuck do we know? We don't know. Um, <laughs> That's uh, and established. then then the, another game on Monday. Uh, we're welcoming UW into town. Um, UW will be escaping the snowy Western Washington to get over to the uh, the clear skies <laughs> of Pullman. Yeah. Uh, although maybe the snow might be moving that way by then. Um, although. Pullman's weather is way different. It doesn't make it all the way over there. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I I mean they beat the shit out of UW and UW is playing not so good. They only seem to play. They play their best against Oregon and and then the the two that we we call them the Arizona Ernie Kent games, the Colorado Utah wins. Right. Um. But yeah, that I mean WSU. 
was just so much better in so many ways the first game i and just to be at home i i, I let's assume you're not going to get as hot a shooting from i bonton but maybe you will um i i think I, you're going to get a game from noah against uw i that's a given um fa loved playing against uw you know they're they're their bigs aren't very good and they, yep. and they play that zone. It leaves them some space. And Deshaun had a good game. I, if Deshaun can play, of course, that, I mean, Yaki was like a nothing burger against UW and they still beat him by 15. And we yep. know that that wasn't even that close. Um, but again, fuck man, quad a green's a hell of a player. You, you never know what he's going to do. Uh, you never know if one of those guys like Hamir Wright or Raekwon battle or, Marcus Shahonis are just going to hit 400 threes. So there's always yep, that. That's annoying the scare. factors. Yep. That's definitely the they scary, shoot a man. lot of, th- they shoot a lot of threes. Um, and they have some guys that can get super hot from three. <laughs> basically, um, and then Green wait, is just a very they're good They're basically, player. they are basically Ernie Kent status at this point, right? Like yeah, they, just, they don't play much defense. They don't play much and, defense and they just play the three point lottery. You know, oh my God, my Hopkins, dude, my Hopkins, man. You don't. That's not not territory you <laughs> want to be in, dude. Well, they are. By the way, they are also ranked 164th right now. I mean, that's Ernie Kent that's, territory. That's Ernie Kent territory. Like, I would be, I would be, I would be pretty disappointed in Kyle Smith at this point, even at this point in his tenure, if he lost 164th ranked yes. team at home. Yes. Absolutely. Like that, this if WSU loses this game, and they could, like it's not WSU isn't. Of course they can. You know, WSU's WSU's one hundred and fifteenth or whatever. You know, they're not they're not the greatest team in the world. But it's a, it's a one just, in four. It's a one in four chance. It's funny though when they when these two teams played each other. What was it? Two weeks ago, not even two or ten days ago. Uh, what what day is it? I don't fucking. Yeah, <laughs> ten days ago. Nine ten days, days ago, ago, basically. Nine, yeah. 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 Yeah, they were one thirty seven and one thirty eight, and yep. so just the the how bad UW has been yep. in that time, and then yep. the two you know beating UW and beating Oregon, yeah. how, and then basically, but so it uh, it's uh, I I would be pretty disappointed if they lost this game. I'd um, be extremely disappointed. Yeah, like, you always have the extra bit of nervousness because it's UW, but UW they, they're just not very good. No, no one should lose to them at home at this point. And they're traveling. Uh, no one in they, the conference. They're traveling. You know, they will have just come off playing USC and UCLA. And they got to like, get they got to get on the plane and you know yep, come yep, on over and yep on a Monday. Yeah, yeah. I so. I think it's better to be the team at home when you're playing the stretch than the team that's traveling, yep. which is UW. Um, so at least playing this like crappy stretch of so many games in so few days, uh, at least they're at home and it's not a, not a road set. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely gotta get that one. Would love if they picked off you at UCLA this weekend too. Yeah, if we can get, get two, two of three. these, that's super awesome. Or, I mean, just two, any two, but. I mean, if you're going to get USC and UCLA, you better fucking get Utah too. <laughs> you would think so. <laughs> but that you know we also thought you know hey you beat just beat oregon you're probably going to beat oregon state too and, you know i mean these things happen. Oh, so we got got to got to beat UW to keep talking that shit that's true like, we need that we need this yeah. yeah we need this we need him to go 4-0 just like tony bennett did in his first four yes games. yes yes 
Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Hey, should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. We'll come back and talk uh, women's hoops. Big win for them. And we're back. All right. Well, we got to talk about the beer. I know we yeah. got. I know we got a lot to talk about today, but we got to talk <laughs> about the beer. This has been a long time in the making. Yes, Holy has. crap, Jeff! We're already at an hour. I know. Um, <laughs> we tried. Uh, we we tried. I didn't man. think. I did not think we were talking for that long about the basketball team. This, but this it, was whatever. Like last, uh, last week the roles are reversed. Like last week, I was like. Oh my God, we've talked for an hour. And then you were like, I knew it was long. And like this one, I'm like, I've been watching it going, Oh my God, we're talking for a long time. And you're like, Oh wow. Time flies. Okay, so so the beer this week, we are drinking the same beer. So I know what you're drinking. Mm. Um I, I had mentioned it on a podcast months back. Yeah. And then I went and, and tried it and I tracked it down. I tracked it down right away. So it's kinda old by now. It's but it's not too bad. It's from December. Um, Still tastes it's great. about it's, it's about two months old, which it's pretty common to drink it. That I think that falls in the double IPA range. Yep. Um, I'm not big of a snob as I used to be, but it's tasting very good. So what we are drinking is Alchemist Heady Topper, um, the Moby Dick uh, of IPAs. Yeah. Well, it, it from <laughs> it, if you're talking 2012, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely make a lot more now, but it's still not that not easy to get. But uh, I got it from uh, um, they ship some to uh, to Southern California and, and and Bay Area, and one of the places down there will sell it online and ship to Washington. So I I, ah. I just kind of monitored them, and and it was kind of is fortuitous. Like right when I was looking, they got a shipment, so I was able to pick some up. Nice. Um, only two cans. Uh, uh luckily they usually do one so i was really happy i got two i am too um, so we yeah so i um uh, finally you were able to come pick it up i i, I left yeah. you a little uh I, I gave you a little uh gift, <laughs> yeah, gift you pack did. of beers <laughs> yes you did but yeah what are you what are you thinking about this uh, uh this heady topper yeah so this is this is uh this was this beer was sort of like my gateway beer into like like great beer. IPAs. Yeah. yeah great beer, yeah. Where it was like, you know, I just, I, at that time was, uh, you know, and this is when you're living in Vermont and, you know, so we're not like hanging out and drinking beer a whole bunch and whatever. Um, and, and so it's just like, okay, you know, this is, uh, I, I'm, I'm sort of starting to get into drinking, you know, more beers, more craft beers. Like, okay, I'm, I'm expanding my horizons, right? I'm moving beyond Alaskan Amber and all that good stuff, right? And, uh, and, and you gave this to me and I was just like, like, I remember the first time I had it, you know, my mind, <laughs> my mind was blown. Like it was just, I was like, oh my God, like this tastes so, so, so good. Like, I can't believe this. Um, and so it's, it's interesting to come back to it, you know, however many years later, I, I haven't had one in probably five years. Right. I think yeah. the last time I had one, you, you know, you brought one back from Vermont when you moved back home, like uh something like so whatever that was five six seven years ago whatever that was and so five years ago five years ago okay so yeah so that's about when it was i think and and so to have it now is just like it's so interesting like it's still a it's obviously a really still a really great beer um but it's just it's kind of crazy to like taste it compared to um you know so many beers that have basically tried to imitate it or, or imitate that style over the years um and it's uh it's delicious like it's still you know, it's got it's got that kind of citrusy front end with with a nice you know kick of bitterness on the back end. Um, 
yeah, it's still just uh, as tasty as it was. It's, it doesn't blow me away the way it used to, but still a, a completely, totally delicious beer. Yeah, and this beer was really uh, uh, kind of a, a precursor to the haze. Like, it, it's hazy. It's not like, but so you talked about when um, I told you I, I poured it. I have a heady topper glass, like, that I've uh-huh. had for, you know, since I lived in Vermont. It's got the little heady topper logo on it and stuff. And so you, you said, well, well, it says right on the can, drink yeah, from yeah, the can. Yeah. But so people, by the I, way, we were joking beforehand because Craig said he had he had poured his beer. And I'm like, but the can says to drink from the can. And so we were joking about that. That's where that's where this started. So so I wanted to save it for the podcast. So I tell him why I still pour it. So um, when Alchemist Teddy Topper first started canning and because they, they made this beer for many years that they had. A, so they started as like a brew pub in Waterbury. That brew pub got flooded twice. They were like, fuck this. They moved up the hill a little bit, just started being just like a, a canning only brewery, which was pretty rare back in uh, 2011 when they started doing this. Because I remember when I lived in Vermont, I, would, I, I, I had no knowledge of the beer, but I just saw it popping up um, whenever the shipments would come in at like, you know, the beer store I would go to. And so I get it just because the can looked cool. I literally just got it the first time, a four pack. I remember it was like, you know, it was like $16. And at that time, that was like a like $16 for a four pack, which is like pretty common these days for like any IPAs yep. from a craft brewery. Um, I, but I was like, okay, well, I'm still going to try it. And I, it just blew my mind with like the grapefruit and like all this stuff. Like it was like nothing I had ever had in my entire life. And then now it's like a lot of IPAs are in this vein. Um uh, and, and it's very influential beer. It was definitely a heavily sought after beer. The funny thing in Vermont, it was, you know, it was really distributed to like a 35 mile radius. So you could get it pretty well in that rate, especially you could drive to the brewery and get it. Um, so like, it'd be like people at backyard barbecues were just slamming this down and it's an 8% double IPA in a 16 ounce can. Like you're just getting shit faced. <laughs> like, you know, it'd be like bros, like, like frat bros. It'd be like, drink your hoodie. Like it's it, like heady was like the PBR can, you know, like, yeah. like the kind of the hipster style can and it, but people were just getting hammered. But for a while it was like, um, I had these, uh, when I moved to Stowe, which is near Waterbury, but I had some friends who ran a, uh, well, I, I became friends because I shopped there so much and I would just go and just hang out with them and chat with them. But that's how I made friends because they own the shop in Waterbury, uh, a craft beer seller, if you're ever around uh, uh, in Vermont. Um, uh, they they joked because people would just call uh, for Hetty all the time, Hetty, Hetty, Hetty. And so they started like they had a code word for it, um, which was shipyard, because before Hetty, it was like... Um, around pumpkin beer season shipyard had a beer called pumpkin head and they didn't carry like any shipyard beers but they would carry pumpkin head just because like people would go crazy for pumpkin head and and so uh i it would just i would just come in and i would joke about like do you have any shipyard and they'd be like yeah we got we got some in the cooler one four pack or whatever <laughs> it's like that was the heady topper you know the shipyard because it was so crazy you'd have like every little shop in this 35 mil radius like what any if you sold any sort of provisions you probably got Hetty distributed and they had a list of everywhere they got Hetty distributed on their website. And they had even had a list of what days they would get it. And so people would just call if they got on Thursday, you were just like little tiny, little tiny Vermont town, like corner store. And you got Hetty topper. You'd have like everyone in a hundred mile radius. would be calling. Do you have it? Do you have it? Do you have it? And so like, 
I would talk to some small shop owners uh, that were just like, it's, it's, we don't make enough money like on the beer for the, for this, like, like, cause people come in and they buy the four pack, the one four pack they're allowed of Hetty and then they leave and they don't buy anything else in the store. Cause they, they thought, Oh, if we have it, then people come in and buy it. I talked to a lot of shop owners be like, no, they just come in. And then if, if we're out of it, we try to suggest other beers and people are like, no, nope, I just want Hetty. And then they leave because the <laughs> people would drive from Boston and New York and just right. be like, just drive around trying to score as many four packs of Hetty. When I would, you know, when I would go to the brewery, I'd visit my friends and like, I had friends in Boston that I went to grad school with and they moved back and, and I, I would come like to a party there and I'd just bring a case of Hetty and I was like, god to them they're like <laughs> oh my god like we got heady topper at this party yeah but it was so it's a it's a wild beer so the drink from the can thing go back to that i honestly think they put that on there is because people weren't used to like the haziness of the beer back then yeah and and it, and it threw people off and so they just told people to drink from the can um because then they wouldn't see the hazy and they wouldn't be thrown off by that because uh, really, truly, I, I would encourage you not to drink it from the can. It tastes better uh, out of a glass. Well, it's, it's funny. I mean, it says on it, you know, like, oh, quite simply, to ensure a delightful hop experience, the act of pouring it in the glass smells nice, but it releases the essential hop aromas that we work so hard to retain. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, like I put it and it, you know. That, I, that doesn't make any sense no, to me, honestly. No, it doesn't. So, yeah. Yeah. I might, I, it, it might be with yeah. you. Yeah, open up the beer by uh, pouring it, and then you get the hop aroma that way. Yeah, because <laughs> you are... can't because you can't smell the beer when you're drinking out of a can. I mean, there are work. still loads of hops here. I am not. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, look, I didn't drink it out of the can, so maybe there's been a reduction in hops, but I don't think so. So, still it's delicious, that, man. One one thing they say is so drinkable, it's scary. It's like. If you compare this to someone like the hazy eight percent double IPAs oh, yeah. now, this is like bitter compared to oh, that. Oh, it's way like it's, bitter compared to that. Yeah, like yep. it's it's definitely less bitter than the old school double IPAs used yep. to be. But this one is like, is like, but when it came out, it was like, oh my god, this is so drinkable eight yeah. percent. And now it's like, oh, I don't know. This is like, this is more <laughs> what I like now. I've gotten back to like a little bit more bitter. But we got to stop talking about the yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. Alchemist Heady Topper, check it out. If if you can um, if if you can get your hands on one. Yeah. <laughs> um so we just uh oh under 10 we got it all right let's uh let's let's talk about women's hoops huge Uh, huge 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 win what a game yep on friday friday afternoon i was you know i was working uh in quotation marks uh the noon game um had it up on my uh my 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 second screen what a fun game charlie's ledger walker is a fucking legend like good good god um 28 points game winning three with 40 seconds left and just iced it with free throws um and defense like ah she's so cold dude and and like you just you get to the end of these games and you're like maybe Charlize is just gonna make plays and she definitely did against uh ucla and it's like she shot it quick in the shot clock to get a two for one, which I love like this team. Cause our men's team doesn't really do it, but, uh, Cammy, Cammy Etheridge has this team. They, they go for two for ones every time they have more I opportunities because they play quarters. So it's a little, yes. 
they didn't do it once and it was it was kind of surprising but i think it was more for lack of opportunities but yeah i like how they go two for one they were going two for one Charlize hits that big three a deep three um to take the lead uh 64-63 and then they didn't give that lead up played some good deep had some great defensive possessions um to end the game and uh what a win first win over a top five program in in, in history like in, in the history of the of wsu women's basketball what a milestone like they're I, they're ticking some milestones and really this win just puts them right on track uh to to make that tournament if they can just as we said last week just keep stacking wins and it was just a blast to watch one of i truly one of my favorite games of the year and i'm gonna uh if we ever have like a top games of the year this one will be near the top no matter what happens in any of the other sports like it was just such a such a blast to watch yeah and it it didn't feel fluky either it wasn't like uh like some sort of crazy weird you know, uh, outlier performance in any way, like say shooting 58 free throws, you know, like, like Oregon state did, but, uh, yeah, they just, you know, they're, they're just, they're fun to watch, man. They're, they're tough. Um, you know, they continue to fight, they continue to scrap. Um, you know, they just, they play, they tend to play hard nosed defense. The defense kind of let them down a little bit against USC a couple days later, but yeah. you know, uh, this game really, like you said, I think it's, it's, it's like they've got wins over, they've got now got a win over UCLA. They've got a win over Arizona and you just kind of go, you know, unless they kind of crap the bed the rest of the way, um, you have to think that their spot in the tournament is, is fairly secure at this point, I would think, um, you know, I mean, you never really know for sure, but there seems to be an understanding that the Pac-12 is is really, 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 really good. And and I think it's worth noting, too, you know, so they, they end up losing to USC a couple days later. Um, but I think it's worth noting that, you know, USC got some got some players back, a couple players back for this game that didn't play the first time around against us. They are kind of surging. Um, you know, so that's not necessarily a bad loss, you know, for, for whatever that's worth. I think it'll look better by right. the end of the season. So, you know, I mean, the the thing that you want to see is you want to, uh, you know, you want to have some good wins. You want to avoid bad losses. And the nice thing, one nice thing about playing in a ridiculously difficult league is there really are no bad losses, right? Or or at the very least, uh, there are very... Well, they have some coming there up. There are very that could few that, losses, that would but... qualify. You know, Washington obviously would, would qualify as one. Uh, I think Utah is not very good too, right? So, um, so the, those ones... Yeah. Cal, but they so don't losing Cal, to either but... of them at home would obviously not be good, but um, but you know there are fewer opportunities for bad losses, lots of opportunities to pick up good wins, um, and they've shown that they they can hang with anyone not named Stanford, which is pretty much the yes. same as everybody else that's any good. So I, I think I think that's a that's a feather in their cap. Um, right now, I think the latest projection on ESPN is is them as a nine seed. Um, that's a shitty seed. <laughs> you don't. You, yeah, because you got it. You might. You play might like play UConn a Stanford, Baylor, somebody like Stanford the, in the yeah, second round, right? South Carolina, so you or don't Stanford. Want, yeah, you don't want You're that, to play it because. You know, they, but they have an opportunity to improve that. Yeah. Um, you know this this next stretch in their schedule is is certainly easier than the last stretch. So, uh, they they theoretically yeah. have a chance to pile up some wins here against some teams that are very beatable. Um, so I mean they they need to like it, it I mean 
if they just take care of bit honestly if they just take care of business those last three they'll probably be good but it'd be really nice to split like i'll say if, just a the USC game is incredibly yes. frustrating, yes. disappointing. I but I think it's really truly one of those games, and and they 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 had some you know careless turnovers at the end that really hurt them. Some really tough calls from refs yes. like that. The I, ten point. I, I so for anybody didn't watch it, USC the ten point without, margin was not reflective of the game. Is not. It was a. It was a. It was a one possession game for most. Like for or, you know teams were going right. back and forth. I should say. Like taking bit one would take a lead, the other would take a lead, won't it? So it was definitely and and WSU had closed the gap, um, and then basically you WSU just went cold at the end, turned the ball over, didn't hit any shots, and then USC hit a couple shots and they hit a, hit a bunch of free throws to kind yep. of extend the 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 margin there. But yeah, and there, and and a, and a one handed running Jeez. bank shot from fifteen yeah. feet. I know I'm getting sick and tired of those kinds of shots, um, man. Very frustrating. Yeah. Um, and then some tic-tac fouls. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that was, that was real frustrating. Uh, yeah, we can't play USC without – in any apparently sport, not. apparently, without yeah, just apparently not. crazy shit. Um, uh, but, yeah, so then this weekend they got Arizona again at Arizona this time. Uh, obviously, it took OT to beat Arizona at home. Um, if you get that one, whew. Yeah, you that's you start moving up the seed lines if they can get that one. That that was one of the disappointment of the USC loss is like, yeah, you can get out of that kind of uh, bubble seed line, which is like nine to twelve, you know. Um, it, but if they can if they can somehow beat Arizona again, um, who's a very good team, that would they would you know be in line for an even higher seed. But it'd be really nice if they could beat Arizona State. Um, and then they got three at home, three very winnable games at home to close the season. Uh, so, yeah, if like you said, if they just take care of business, you know, if they just don't fall on their face, uh, it really looks like they can break this, uh, you know, string of only once ever um, making it to the NCAA tournament in 1991. And uh, they lost that first round game. So if they can get in, we'll be hoping to see them get their first win yeah. as well. So in the tournament. So. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm just they're so fun to watch. I, I uh, that that made the USC game all the disappointing. I, you know, they they're just they're causing me like heart pain, <laughs> heart stress, like every single goddamn Sunday. I swear. Um, yeah, they are they are not for the yeah, faint was, of heart, man, at all. No, uh, every game is just, except for Stanford, like you said, every other game is just like down to the wire. Well, and the, and it's, is, it's not even just that know, they're hopefully. close. Like they, they, they like play, you know, their, their offense kind of comes and goes, you know, so that they'll have some stretches yeah. where they don't score a lot and then they'll kind of explode and they, they sort of rely on their defense to, to, you know, will themselves back into some games. And so you just end up like you sort of live and die with these offensive possessions where it's like, Oh, you know, and they don't score and they don't score. It's basically like Bennett ball, except, I mean, they're not quite to that extreme tilted toward the yeah. defense, but it's, but it's similar in that you just have these interminable scoring droughts that just, drive you nuts and you and, and they miss a shot and so you're just like oh my god this is it this is where the game gets away from them and then they come up with a defensive stop and then you know they come down yeah they come up with like five right? stops in a row suddenly and then all of a sudden nowhere, you know charlie's like, okay, goes crazy cool. and makes a bunch of shots and you know it's like okay they're right back in it 
And yeah, they they are fun to watch. I was They're bummed because I, I was bummed because uh, Lua Matuga had a huge yeah. game against uh, at oh. USC. Uh, I was bummed that they couldn't get the win. Um, obviously, Charlize had a huge weekend, 24 against USC. So Matuga had 25 and 10. She had a huge weekend. She had double-doubles in both games. But uh, Charlize had 28 against UCLA, 24 against USC. Uh, but as you and I know, if you don't win both games, it's n- basically impossible to yep. win Pac-12 Player of the Week. So Pilly from USC, who is big against WSU, but she had 16 points and three rebounds, while Charlize had 24 and seven in yep. the same game yep. and four rebounds. By the way, more rebounds than the than the you know taller. I, I don't know. I guess I don't know if she's that much taller than Charlize. She's but she's a, de- she's definitely a front court body, player. but yeah, she's very front court player. Very very skilled inside. Um, she was very tough for us to guard, but also. She did not. She was. She played 28 minutes. She does not have the impact that Charlize Ledger Walker had on that game. And then you're talking about Charlize won, like, won the game against UCLA, get top five team, and she, for consolation, gets her sixth Pac-12 Freshman of the Week. So that puts her two away Yay. from the record. Um, but but she but come on, she should have been Pac-12 Player of the Week. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you give it to someone who averaged 17 points a game and and like four rebounds. Right. Like, get Very out silly. of here with that. Like, like, uh, it's frustrating. Um, give her her due. Uh, but, uh, well, other than just being the best freshman, it's like, yeah, she's kind of one of the best yep. players, you know? Um, so, yeah, she's fun to watch. Uh, and, you know, she'll be here for a while. So it's great. Um, we hope. <laughs> another, yeah, we hope. Another, so a, a program that's, uh, at a place where I'm sure Cami Etheridge uh, would like to get in a few years is volleyball, where they've they've been to the tournament four straight times and uh, really truly looking like they can make it a fifth this uh, this spring season as well um, is volleyball. Um, they they uh, uh, with uh, Jen Greeny in charge, of course, um, who is a former Coug uh, player who had her own. A bit of glory, and and now has uh, led the team, and uh, they have a, a pretty much a, a still. They had a very young team last year. Very surprising that they were able to make the tournament because volleyball has this rotation of scholarships where they basically come out with like uh, six seniors that graduate, and then have six freshmen come in. But their recruiting has just gotten so good that um, so now they have six very good sophomores, and then they have. I, I call her Bethany last week is Juliana Dalton, um, uh, who's a, a very good freshman outside hitter. She's long and has this big winding uh, uh, hit of the ball. It's it's very intimidating, um, I'm sure for the the, the blockers. But uh, um, they're uh, uh, they they came through in that kind of glorious few days we had of Cougar sports and and upset. Um, I don't know if it's really an upset of 24 beats 18 uh, at home, but, you know, upset uh, number 18 UCLA to to take the first of the weekend, uh, but then dropped the the, the follow-up game um, on Saturday. But still, like, to get a split from UCLA over the season is kind of what you would expect. Um, so uh, I think overall they're on track. Uh, they're 4-2, uh, and two, uh, split Oregon swept Arizona state split UCLA. Um, they seem on track to, to have another good season and, and, and contend for their fifth straight, 
uh, tournament, which is great. Yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, it's, you know, we talk a lot. We, we've mentioned many times about how this seems to be sort of the golden era of Cougar athletics, uh, you know, just sort of success all over the place, success across the board. Uh, you know, the men's basketball team, I don't think is going to make the NCAA tournament this year, but, uh, but, you know, we've had, you know, football making bowl games. The women's basketball team seems to be on track for a tournament. Uh, obviously volleyball has been there multiple times. Soccer, we're going to get to them in a sec. You know I mean? It's like, it, it's, it is, it's pretty damn wild, man. It's, it's very cool. What, what Jen Greeny has built, um, you know, and the reality is if, you know, if she was not a, an alum, uh, you know, may, maybe she'd be, she'd be on her way to somewhere bigger and better at this point. But, um, it seems like she enjoys being here. I mean, obviously I don't have a, uh, I don't have a hotline, uh, to Jen Greeny, but, but, you know, she, she's a coog, her husband's a coog, um, her husband, Burdett, uh, baseball, former baseball player, one of her assistant coaches, like, like they, they are, you know, they, they are Pullman and, uh, it's very cool to have them here and, so, uh, they, they are just, they're fun to watch, man. They're, they're really good. And, um, you know, they, they fight against everyone and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to be able to, uh, just kind of tune into any of these teams and see, uh, see something awesome, like see something competitive and, um, they're not getting run off the floor by any of these teams by the league's best, which is, uh, which is very cool and very fun and very much unlike <laughs> really any, any other time in, in, in my lifetime as a Coug. So. It's very cool. When I say, and then, uh, yeah, the, the volleyball team, they, they seem to have this knack of falling down early and coming back, which is again, like, uh, a lot like the women's basketball team does too. Um, but they, uh, they fight and they, uh, they, they'll come back, they'll, they'll lose a, a set in like heartbreaking fashion, like against UCLA, uh, the, in the win, they, they lost the third set, like, you know, like a kind of a pivotal set, 26 24 after being up 24 20 so they had they had four you know they had a bunch of you know match it was 28 26 i think they in total had seven uh set points in that set and lost you gotta think oh they're wrecked and then they come back and dominated the last two sets like to win so you know that's that's how volleyball goes but it's it's fun to watch and um yeah pia timmer is a really fun fun player uh just check her out. She's kind of does everything on the floor. Usually is up one of the leaders in in uh, in uh, uh, hitting and then uh, also digging and and every, all the stats you can find. Um, so yeah, they're they're fun and um, you can. Uh, I gotta give a shout out to Steve Grubbs. Yeah, who's like the hardest working man and hardest working man in Poland right now. <laughs> just uh, uh, they got him. You know, he does the the. They got him calling the the WSU live streams for volleyball and 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 uh, uh, and basketball, and then he'll have baseball coming up soon too. So he's gonna be a, he's a busy guy. So he was kind of the the sound of my weekend. His uh, his uh, his interesting, I'll say, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, cadence <laughs> and, and and voice. So, uh, That's um, one way to put it. That is one way to put it. Um, very classic. I'll say he's very classic. Uh, very classic baseball announcer sound, like voice that he's yep. got there. Um, but uh, yeah, so soccer, man. Uh, they they were playing during the Super yeah, Bowl. <laughs> that was hilarious. I'm like sitting down watching the Super Bowl, and I've got a I, laptop on my lap. I've got the laptop as yep. I'm watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, one eye on the soccer game, one eye on the Super Bowl. Actually, I kind of maybe like. 
one and a half eyes on the soccer game and half an eye on the Super Bowl. But yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, yeah they. Uh, I, I, I would agree. With open that. the season with a win, and you know Seattle U may not sound impressive, but Seattle U has been in the tournament more often than not over the last you know five six years. Uh, so that's not a, that's that's not the it's not a patsy that they opened with, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun, man. They had a. So they scored their scored their first goal, uh, you know, pretty early in the game, um, and I didn't see the first goal. I was away from my computer for the first goal. So you can tell me, you can tell us more about that one. Yeah, so it was um, uh, freshman. Uh, let me uh, get her name. Um, uh, Alyssa Gray. And, Who needs um, Trinity Rodman? The, the goal anyway. was. Uh, yeah, yeah, another freshman forward. You know, I, I said on Twitter, like, if if you'd have told me, if we would all guess, like, after this recruiting class, that a freshman forward would score the first goal of the season. Yeah, of course, it's just not the freshman that you would think. But uh, um, uh, Alyssa Gray scores the first. Very, uh, I would say, a brave finish. Like she, uh, uh, it was one of those where the goalie's coming. You know, it's kind of a fifty-fifty ball. The goalie's coming in, charging in, going to slide. You know you're going to get decked, even if you make contact. But she got to the ball first. Sure enough, got leveled and scored the goal. You love to see a striker yep. do that, like to have Sell the guts to, to do that. Um, yep. Yeah, that's a striker right there. And then speaking of a striker mentality, too, the second goal, man, like uh, I'll let you – that that one that one was uh, yeah I mean it was at least Bennett yeah at least Bennett it was kind of a, another hustle play um, and I think it was really emblematic of the style that the Cougars play um, you know they just they they just they work their asses off all the time um, and so they they're talented don't get me wrong like it's not a uh, it's not a situation where they they sort of overcome a talent deficit with their work ethic. Yeah, you see like the three players drafted yeah like they, so, like, they it's not clearly like have people who can play. Um, but you know, I mean, like, you know, I mean, even going back to Morgan Weaver, right. Who, uh, was drafted, you know, number two overall, uh, you know, after her senior season, you know, she scored a ton of goals. Uh, you know, she was obviously very skilled, but, but just a, uh, an unnatural ability to hustle all the time and chase down lost causes. And look, you and I watch a ton of soccer. Um, look, it's not every striker is willing to try and chase down every ball, you know, where it's like, well, you know, I could, I could empty the tank to try and chase that thing down. I might not get there. Do I really want to lose? You know, do I really want to sprint? Do I really want to bust a lung trying to chase that thing down? Um, You know, and, and WSU has, has just this, this work ethic of, you know, yeah, we are going to run and run and run and run, and we are going to pressure you, and we are going to chase down balls. We're gonna we're gonna chase down balls that might be 50-50 balls. Like we are just gonna go, and that was Elise Bennett's goal. You know, the go ahead goal, because um, re- in reality, Seattle U hadn't done a whole lot. Um, they just happened to strike basically right after, right after the beginning of the second half. Yeah, it, it was, was kind of uh, crazy. It was just kind of a break kind of yeah. a breakdown uh, it was a, it was a, a ball switched switched direction ball like you know they crossed uh, cro- like deep ball across yep. the field caught a player they it was yep. a heck of a finish it was a really nice uh, finish um but she also she all, she had a lot of time yep. to do it i'll say that but but it still was very yeah. very nice finish it was top I mean, corner basically caught the cougs flat uh, impossible to save yeah, caught the cougs flat footed yeah, yep. coming out of the break and you know they weren't quite ready and and then 
you know, again, Elise Bennett, you know, chases down this ball in the box, muscles the defender off the ball, and then the keeper kind of gets caught in no man's land. The keeper's kind of not really sure, you know, should I stay back and play the shot? Should I come out and, and, and try to play the ball? And she kind of gets caught in between, and Bennett just kind of smacks it right over her, slots it in to the left side. She did so. a nice little, like, yeah, she just yeah, – it's kind of a sliding yep. attempt. She did yep. very savvy yep. uh, finish. Quality finish. Uh, and, yeah, just – big win i mean that's that's a win that it's a it's a resume you know you're obviously gonna have your fair share of resume win like chances in uh yep. conference play but just to get this win, you know you get a resume win uh that's out of conference right away and and you're not going to have very many opportunities for that this season obviously most of the schedule is right. going to be in conference play um but yeah it's nice you know they they pick up where they left off. Obviously, they they lost that uh, national semifinal that they were in the national semifinal the last time they played the game. <laughs> they played a game, which is absolutely nuts. Um, but uh, uh, a game which they had a lead, by the uh -huh. way, if you don't remember. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, and then they they step up. They lose Morgan Weaver. Um, uh, they they lose another. Uh, forward that was supposed to be you know uh, you know generational talent and, and trandy yeah. rodman never plays a game and but they still you know they they have attackers that can finish and um uh they got defense they got a good midfield for sure um so uh I, i'm looking forward I, I you know i hope uh we get streams like we've had for the other sports i would just get streams yeah. for all the games because i've been really enjoying yeah. in this pandemic just watching all these kook sports yeah, it's been it has been great. and it was like even just you know on super bowl sunday i was like yeah this is awesome sit down watch a little kook soccer you know yeah it's pretty great yeah i needed that after the uh the bas women's basketball yeah. team lost i'm like i'm in a bad <laughs> mood now yeah. they, they picked me i know up. I was, that was not a good not a good start to my super bowl sunday but uh, so let's see. All right. So we got Cougar basketball Thursday. Uh, we got, uh, volleyballs also on Thursday. They play Colorado at four o'clock and you can live stream that with the WC live stream, uh, women's basketball on Friday. Right. And soccer. And they're at Arizona. That's, and that's, yeah. that's a big one. If you can win that one. Now Arizona's fallen off a little bit since we beat them. But again, if you, if you win that one on the road, uh, again, that's just that's just another feather in the cap. Uh, soccer plays on Friday against Eastern. Uh, there is not a link. There is not a link in the schedule for a for a stream. So, I I'd say the best like the best. Uh, I mean, and plus it's harder to set up the outdoor streams and stuff and all that. Like soccer is yeah, a much but they've. But they've much done more that over the to... years though so i don't know yeah so i hope but i i the best thing to do to watch for those streams is to uh follow yes. their twitter accounts they always yep. uh, tweet yep. the streams agreed um but yeah so they, uh i guess you know we got uh one football item that we need to yeah i guess about. so i guess we have to um so uh you know, uh, you know, this year's starting quarterback and uh, freshman, uh, Jane Delora. Um, I'm sure anyone that listens to this podcast is already that you're not learning this. Um, of course, got uh, um, arrested for suspicion of DUI uh, this week. And uh, that's the big news. Um, it's a real bummer. Uh, yeah. And, you know, 
uh, kind of uh, makes you wonder about, you know, this is how long this suspension is indefinite suspension is what they say. Um, we got spring ball coming up. Uh, obviously they brought in a grad transfer quarterback to compete. So, um, makes you wonder about, um, what that quarterback position, I mean, I, obviously the thing you said in your article about it and sh- they should say is, um, very grateful for that. Yep. No one was hurt. Um, if he was indeed, you know, uh, driving impaired and, and, uh, uh, glad no one was around and, and glad he's safe and glad everyone else is safe. And, uh, uh, but uh, now, he, so we'll talk about the, the football aspect, but you know, what does this kind of do? You know, I know you wrote in your article, what does that kind of do when thinking about, um, him and, and the quarterback situation, the team situation yep. going forward? And there's forward? look, I mean, it, it's, this doesn't, this, this hasn't happened necessarily just in a little isolated bubble either. Um, you know, obviously he tested positive for COVID now, look, you know, people catch COVID, lots of people catch COVID. This is not necessarily a, uh, COVID shaming sort of thing, but at the same time, uh, there are definitely rumors about, uh, things he was doing that may have led to him, you know, contracting COVID, uh, things that maybe were not, uh, totally maybe the best decisions for the quarterback of the football team in the middle of his season, uh, basically things that involved where he was hanging out and who he was hanging out with and, and those kinds of things. So, um, you know, nothing that's been solidly verified with reporting, but also, uh, you know, kind of, uh, go, eh, yeah, yeah, that would kind of make sense. I mean, basically things that, you know, that, that freshmen do when they're, when they're on a, when they're on a college campus. And, and so, you know, one of the things I said was in, in the article was basically like, yeah, I mean, he is a freshman and, and you do, uh, you do understand that. And, you know, look, I remember what I was like when I was a freshman. I totally get it. Like I, I do, I 100% get it, but not every freshman is the face of the football program, right? Like that's, and, and that's the difference. And so when someone is the face of the football program, then all of a sudden you kind of start asking, well, you know, is he, should he be the face of the football program? Is he actually ready for that? Um, you know, th- there's a lot of weight that goes along with that. And, and I sort of imagine that, leading up to last season, um, you know, maybe there was an opportunity for a lot of that because, you know, in leading up to the season, there, there was no, there was no quarterback named, right? So there were, uh, you know, Cooper and Cruz were both returning, but were not necessarily in a position of leadership, uh, in that respect. And then, uh, Delora shows up now he's, you know, the freshman, he's going to try and win the job in camp, but, you know, in any workouts or anything lead up to that, you know, he's not necessarily the leader guy. Well now, you know, you go, okay, well, you know, he started all four games. Um, you know, he was slated to not start one because of, because of COVID, but never, that, that never came to fruition, right? Because that game ends up getting canceled anyway. So now he's started your four games. He is the presumed starter. Now, obviously things can change, but you go, okay, well, if a guy started four games, a true freshman, you got to figure he's got a leg up right on starting the next season. So now he's in a little different position as a team leader. QBs like it or not are leaders. And, you know, to be honest, uh, that's been a little bit of the knock on, say, Cam and Cooper, right? Like maybe not enough of a vocal leader uh, for that position or, or to, to the coach's liking. So all that to say, you know, you're the guy and then you go out and get arrested for DUI, which is a, a pretty colossal uh, failure of judgment, right? Like 
you know, it's the guy not to make excuses for anybody driving drunk, but there, there's really, 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 really no excuse in Pullman, right? Where everything, literally everything is walkable, right? I mean, if you had to, you could walk from campus out to CCN if you had to, and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. You know, it's like, so to be driving drunk, there's really no excuse. And uh, you got to wonder if at some point you kind of go, eh, you know, does that does that necessarily play into how he's looked at and maybe like, yeah, maybe we need to, to, to back off on, you know, throwing, throwing our lot in with, with this guy for, at least for a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll see how it plays out um, going into spring ball and everything. And, um, we'll see how, you know, uh, what, what happens with him legally and everything as well. Um, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, obviously not news that you want to, <laughs> you want to see, uh, don't want to get in that former cup standings, uh, so early. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so I, I think we did it. We talked about everything. Um, that we, I don't even know how long it was because we had to, we had to restart at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's, now I know I just looked at the clock. Ah, we're under two hours though. So we're good. Yeah. So, okay. All right, man. So, so if you're, uh, wanting to hear more of our ramblings, obviously Coog Center is a place. Uh, and then, uh, um, I'm at the Craig Powers on Twitter. Jeff is at pod VS everyone. It says Jeff probably, which it really means Jeff definitely. <laughs> but you know, we're we're kind of probability guys, so yeah. we rarely say yeah. definitely. So trying not to speak Jeff in probably. Absolutes. You know, it's ninety nine it's ninety nine point nine percent probability, but it's probably yeah, But Jeff. you have the keys to that account. You know, you could th- you could I do have the keys. It's on my phone. To. I could switch over. Yep. Yep. Um and then, uh, yeah, send us an email. I didn't get any this week uh, at podcastvseveryone at gmail.com. Um, questions, comments, topics, whatever. We're not really needing topics right now, yeah. obviously. My gosh. Uh, just talking about the sports that You're are being kidding. played or is enough. Almost feels um, like we need to have when two you, when you have the, or something. Well, when you have the fall sports are happening yes. in the spring uh, along with the yes. spring sports. There's that, there's uh, that. Yeah, we're gonna have baseball starting up too. It's gonna to be yeah. gonna be a lot, um, and we're just paying more attention. I'm paying more attention to a lot of these other sports than I ever have in my life. So it's good. Uh, you're gonna hear about them. I'm not gonna waste that waste that yeah. uh, we're uh, gonna, brain power. We're gonna I'm, enjoy I'm this right now. Yeah. Well, my heady topper's gone, too. and I'm womp, sad. Womp. Um, I did I did bring a second beer, but I never cracked it. I guess I'm we're in just the same in the zone. Um, Yep. All right, man. Go Coots, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter.